Hello, and welcome to You Like the Worst Stuff. Off the top, Foreman lost his check mark. Uh, wait, wait, which is a good thing. Right. It is now bad to have a Twitter check mark. We are living in the age of sneeches, and this is episode 484. The stuff you like is bad. The stuff we like is worse. You like the worst stuff. The pop culturally questionable podcast. Worsting it up since 2011. Press start in three, two, one. You know, the uh, the Twitter checkmark debacle has just been tragically hilarious from start yes. to finish. Oh, uh, nonstop funny. And, I mean, obviously, everybody, I think everybody's probably pretty familiar that, like, Elon Musk is a, is, is a dimwit. And his first, you know, said, hey, we're going to turn him off on April 1st. Then that didn't happen. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Why didn't it happen? I don't know. And then, then he said, okay, now it's going to be April 20th. Obviously, like, nobody is left to Twitter to know how things work because the whole day of the 20th, like you, I could sit and reload and I would have a check Mark and then I wouldn't have a check Mark and then I would have a check Mark and then I wouldn't have a check Mark. And, um, it's like different depending on what application of Twitter you're using, whether right. you're on mobile, different, whether right, you're on different desktop. forms of Twitter. Like, like right now, if I'm on the phone app and I yeah. go to my notifications tab, um, and I go to the verified uh, tab, which is something that you had as a verified Twitter member originally, and then I think they, I think eventually they gave it to everybody when Musk was screwing things up. But like that's where you would see your notifications from verified accounts. Um, on mobile, that's not there anymore. You now get a message saying, "Hey, you have to pay for Blue to see this." Oof. On de- on desktop, I still see it. Like I, I'm looking at my verified notifications tab right now, which theoretically I, I'm supposed to pay for the privilege to have. Um, right, right. It's it's just it's just sad. It's just a disaster. And like, there's no there's no decent reason to pay for the features that supposedly oh, come along with this. It's terrible. No. Um, I've billionaire baby playing with his toy, and you know, I've, I've seen some people say that hey, I'm paying the eight dollars because I want an edit button or because I want to yeah, yeah, to yeah, upload yeah. longer videos. But get get out of here. Who cares? You suck. Don't do that. <laughs> no, do at that. this point, you're rewarding man child, and yeah. it's not worth it. It's just not. And and what's funny is everybody's pretty sure that all of the accounts are still, you know legacy verified behind the scenes right it's no, something notable still in some way behind it, it's still like behind in the, closed it, twitter door right yeah it's still in the database somewhere because if he if they ever decide to go revert back they would want to keep a hold of that and if they want to keep a hold of metrics of how they convert legacy accounts to twitter blue accounts they would need to keep that information so like Everybody's pretty sure that this is completely screwy and they have no idea what they're doing. And they're, it's just that idiot sleeping on a couch, um, making it up as he goes along and everybody hates him. Pretty much. Yeah. I know I hate him. I was enjoying some of the uh, the comedy of celebrities who d- did not want to pay, did not want to be associated with the blue check mark or Elon and hate him, you know, with a fiery passion, uh, realizing that they still had a check mark. When that became very, very unpopular to do, and people were dogging anyone with a check mark still, yeah. Uh, so they were like, "How do we get rid of it? Oh God!" And just well, watching well, yeah, it go because- away, and then claim it was being stuck back on them. Oh, yeah, so fun. and that was flickering on and off, and then, and then you know, you've got a, a real problem where because the way that that dope has the text when that explains what the check mark is, 
It yeah. specifically says that this account has subscribed to Twitter Blue and has verified their phone number, which, okay, all right, that's extremely stupid. But let me tell you something. Anthony Bourdain did not provide a phone number. <laughs> no, I guarantee you he did not. <laughs> he did not. He did not. I don't even think a phone number was one of the required elements for verification previously. So it's not like he supplied a phone number 10 years ago and they're still <laughs> using that. Like, I, I, I just really hope that this guy gets completely soaked on this. Oh, on, me too. On I just deal. want him to go down in flames in spectacular yeah. fashion. Yeah. Like the rocket. Um <laughs> What a screw up. What a week of failure. Yeah. Come on, people. Stop pretending he's smart or good. He's yeah. terrible. Yeah. It it just sucks so bad that we have all these like like Simpsons episodes and Star Trek episodes that reference that guy like he was a genius. Yeah. That's just <laughs> that did Oops. not age well. Do we go back and quietly erase those? Yeah. How how did anybody even think that way? Like what was <laughs> Why why would they be doing a Simpsons episode that even bothers to the like weird name drop fan cult that forms around these weirdos ugh. is just ugh, beyond me. It. One Hate thing I, I did Hate laugh it. at again in the uh the rush to distance themselves from Musk's Twitter. Um I saw someone uh someone retweet or quote tweet Jason Alexander mm. and uh he said, "Okay everyone, Twitter's removed my verification. I will no longer be posting on this app. Anyone who posts as me is an imposter. I wish you all well." And in the comments, they took my check mark. They took your check mark. They took it, Jerry. They took your check mark. Now anyone could be me. Not that they'd want to. Canned laughter. Oh, love it. Love it. You don't need an AI to write that. That's, That's gold. Human ingenuity right there. Love it. Gold. Well, speaking of things that we don't allow AIs to write. Yeah, speak, speaking of a lack of originality, what are we doing this um, week? <laughs> I, 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 I caught a great article on Destructoid by uh, Jonathan Holmes, who... Thank you, Johnny. Who has... You know what? He's been around writing stuff um, for Destructoid and other video game websites for so long. Um, like, what's his secret? I think his secret is that this is not his job. Right. <laughs> he just does it for fun. Be because no, how many people are actually still doing this as, as a full-time job? I Cannot imagine. Not and a I, lot. And destructively, if you are and you're listening to this, reach out. I would right, love to hear know. what life is like. It cannot be easy. We like to invite you over for dinner because you yeah, obviously like, probably seriously. need hot meals. I would love um, to hear that story. It's uh, it's a tough gig. And Destructoid is still in that kind of like early 2010-ish mold of just kind of like <laughs> webloggy. When a, things were named Destructoid? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in kind of, it's like, it's probably the same CMS. It's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it seems very time capsule-y because they haven't, you know, pivoted to... Uh, some of the the sketchier stuff with with a million zillion billion interrupting ads everywhere Ugh, and they're nightmare. just they're just still kind of like the old old style fanboy enthusiast press um and 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 the article that i saw was it's basically a listicle congratulations jonathan holmes on your on right. your listicle but Amen. i thought i thought it was an actually an interesting one um it's 10 formerly huge franchises that are due for a a comeback yeah. Oh, and, and like we were just talking about, Jonathan's been around for a while. I'm not calling right. him old, but so he no, no. remembers. We, we've been around for a while, too. <laughs> a little bit. But he remembers <laughs> these formerly huge franchises that used to be like name brand stuff that everybody talked about and everybody played and then they just vanished. So I thought we, you know, we'd maybe like go through his list and 
Yeah. S- see if see if we remember anything. I mean, he, the ostensibly in in the lead to his piece, he brings up Advance Wars, which is a franchise that at least here in North America was around pretty consistently for a couple years back in the right. Game Boy to GameCube to DS era, and then poof, vanished until this remake that, that just popped up, a remake of the Game Boy Advance games. Um, and, and even that was delayed a year thanks to uh, world events. Um, right, that's true. So so he mentions that as being sort of like an inspiration for the article. So first up on his list, Pitfall. Pitfall. He went all the way back to the to to the uh, the Atari gang. And good man, that was the first console I played as a kiddo. And My like, parents yeah. had one. Pitfall. And Pitfall was, was the game. It was a big deal on the yeah. Atari. And loads I mean, of fun. I feel like they tried in the 3D era to pretend that Pitfall was back in a weird, ugly polygon way. Yes, they did, and but it never did not really. Work captured no. anything close to no. the spirit of the original or really gave it that refresh it needed to get new life. And part of the reason why Pitfall is a name, you know, n- name brand from those days is that there were only like seven video games at the time. Right. That was <laughs> so... probably the coolest game you had ever seen in your life at the time because probably. there weren't many options. There were snakes, there were ropes, we get it. I mean, awesome. <laughs> Great. Uh yeah, so Pitfall good one. Cubert Okay. He's right. Cubert was an arcade thing. Everybody it knew Cubert. It was quite the classic. It had a cartoon. It, it, yes. So did Pitfall. I, I mean, Cubert was a name brand thing that everybody knew, and it has had a whole bunch of attempts to try to redo it over the over uh, ever since. Sure. I mean, this is you know early '80s we're talking about here. Oh yeah, yeah, Cl- very classic arcade. You do yeah. not get much more classic yeah. arcade. And uh, yeah, they, it, none of the the new versions have ever landed or anything. Um, but the original was such a force that that's why it's we... interesting to think about it in terms of what captured the zeitgeist at the time, right? It would have been yeah. arcade games, which of course the early consoles and like the, certainly the Atari trafficked in ports of those games and the folks buying and playing those would have been people who thought it was super cool to have Qbert in your living room. Yeah. And that nostalgic thread, I imagine is really hard to ever connect despite the staying power that that character and characters like pac-man and some of those early day you know gaming icons still have they still have that recognition i think with a lot of folks oh yeah for sure but it's like when we reference goldeneye you know (laughs) like that was fun then am i gonna go back would it be anywhere near as fun would i change my life to re you know re to in any way recalibrate it around playing GoldenEye again with people now. Probably not. Probably not. It's probably going to stay in the nostalgia vault. Yeah. But I will still, you know, it's still going to ping those little nostalgia right. vibes when it comes up. And, like, Hubert was in Wreck-It Ralph as a, you know, a sad, sad, yeah. homeless video game character. Yes. Like, oh, I remember Qbert, you right. know? Or, yeah, or, 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 yeah we yeah, Right, right, right. We got him. But, yeah. Um, uh, but, no, no, you're right. Never really. Uh, nope. Did not really last, and, and part of that might be because, um, and I've complained about this before, but the home versions of arcade greats all sucked. They were not good. The home version of Qbert was bad. <laughs> they just, they all were terrible. The home version of Mappy, terrible. Home version of Pac-Man, terrible. Not um, good. So it was, you know, these things might have been super hot on fire in the arcade. But... Oh, absolutely. Like, I, pl- I remember having the Master System and playing Double Dragon to death. 
Yeah. It was not the Double Dragon you could play in the arcade. <laughs> no. I played a bunch of it, but it was a, a markedly different game than the one you would insert an actual quarter into. Clearly inferior. Uh, next on his list is Rygar. Oh, yes, I played Rygar. I remember. You shoot your little shield on a string. and See, and what's, okay. what's funny is I never played Rygar, yeah. but I know exactly what he's talking about because it was a hot name brand thing back then. Yeah. It, it, it punched through. How? I don't know. I don't I, know. I never Maybe played it. Again, there just weren't as many games. I remember my cousins having a copy. I played it when I was at their house. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That I, otherwise, I, it's, it's interesting. I don't think of that one as like, God, we need another Rygar. But <laughs> he's right. It did disappear, never to be heard from yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, he, he mentions that it was, um, it got a PS2 game in 2006. Did it? Which is which is? I don't know, remember that at all. That's twenty years after the original game. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Wow, I, I I truly completely blank. And you know we all pay attention to this stuff inside out. I I completely either forgot or just didn't yeah. flat out didn't know that Rygar came back at all. Yeah, wow. no, they, they they made another one, and guess what? Nobody cared. Um, <laughs> California game. Oh, see, now you're that's my nostalgic heartstrings there. Absolutely, I played this on yep, my Apple played II. A bunch. <laughs> and th- there was there was kind of and maybe it was because, you know, it was around like Olympic games all of a sudden showed up and became popular and uh, like California games f- for me kind of like landed in that thing of of oh, these cutesy little sports mini games things, you know, your track and field, the various Olympics and and, and, you know, California games, except California games was all, like, extreme sports kind of stuff. Yeah, you could you could play hacky sack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, it vanished and never came back again, but it was definitely I, a name brand thing. I like those, I probably, to this day. Like, we still like games like WarioWare, and we played a fair amount of Mario Party and things like that. The yeah. Games that have that kind of pick-up-and-play, mini-gamey kind of feel are still fun. They're still around in different forms. So, what? I don't know, I kind of look back at it on, on it as that. But yeah. it was very, at the time, there was nothing doing, quote, extreme sports back then. That's right, I, I re- yeah. One of my favorite NES games to, to rent back in those days um, was, uh, there was like a Snoopy Olympics game, mm. the Snoopy Silly Sports Spectacular. Right, sure. And it was like six games, maybe, in or six different events, but it was all Snoopy themed, right? And yeah, yeah. you would, you know, you would do a sack race or throw a boot or whatever, as Snoopy always did, right? And um, as he's known in, for. in locations around the world. But I remember it. I remember music from it. I played it a bunch, and mm-hmm. it was the same idea, just little sports mini games, and it stuck in my head. So California games is right up there yeah. as well. I yeah, remember I, playing similar I played to the, a bit of that on the Master System too. Similar to the Snoopy one, I had one that was Muppets. There was yeah, like a yeah, re- yeah, really absolutely. old Muppets game, you know, like your animal in an inner tube floating down the river. Like <laughs> I that. remember that one, too. Yeah, that kind of crap. Oh, my gosh. J- Jonathan's got a great line about California games because he says, for whatever reason, the concept of California was hugely popular in the 80s and 90s. That's, and, that's true. There were right. raisins. He's yeah. right. It's all the, the Valley Girl talk and that sort of uh, uh, spacey... Uh, that's what we thought of California. That's what we Frank thought. Frank Zappa, man. That's his power. That's what we thought. Um, next up, and, and this this one, I don't. I, this one might be his one on the list that it, it, I don't know if it ever really went away. It's just really started sucking. Ninja Gaiden. Oh gosh, well that one, I I feel like you would get arguments from some people on that, but it 
did get a return, we all had to care about it again because it came back as one of them super, super hard games. And people had to prove they were awesome gamers by playing the new Ninja Gaiden. But it, you're right, it yeah. vanished again. But yes, I think it, it yeah. did have a mini reprise. Yeah, it did so, vanish. I, I just I just remember that like it at least was around long enough to be in like six Nintendo Directs in a row. Yeah. And it was back in, I guess it was maybe the Wii release or the Wii U release. I just remember the Ninja Gaiden, there was like, there was a couple uh, Nintendo Directs in a row where they used Ninja Gaiden to explain to normies how DLC worked. Oh, that's fun. Because here's <laughs> the game, you can buy more for it. And then, you know, they would, you know, beat that point into your head. But it feels um, like Wii U. I don't know. That yeah, I don't feel remember. like something that was happening on Xbox for a while. Right, and it was it right. was a big deal that it showed up on a Nintendo console and they were buddy buddy with Nintendo. So it feels like a Wii U launch thing. Yeah. But who knows? I don't remember. I don't want to remember, really. No, no. I, I move on from Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. I didn't get into the new ones. I remember they came back. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is gone again. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't miss it too much. Here here's a good one. Bonk. Remember Bonk? I do remember Bonk. The caveman. The the theoretical I, uh, like main mascot for a gaming console that you probably barely remember, um, the Turbo Graphics sixteen. I remember being PC in the engine. Toys R Us gaming section as a little Tony Lip, seeing the <laughs> Turbo Graphics there, looking at the game tag for Bonk. I never had a Turbo Graphics, as did yeah. no one I ever knew. Um, but no. I always thought it looked really cool. I remember seeing yeah. commercials for it, and it you know it looked comparable to higher end platformer stuff I was playing at the time or that was yeah. available. And, and, and by the end of the eighties, like every system had to have a mascot. Oh, that, absolutely. that was the that's, lead that's character. What, of that's it. what and, was selling then. That's what made you stand out. But like a little caveman guy, like I think that one uh. at the time <laughs> looked, it just looked, it had to look better than the NES, right? Sure. That was like the beginning of the 16 bit era. So it had to look impressive enough to wake people out of their stupor. The scales fall from your eyes and you need to purchase something that isn't your, your hoary old NES. Mm -hmm. And at the time, that little cute cartoon caveman leaping in the air and flopping upside down with a big head and land, like it looked different and neat and cartoony in a way that other games, I guess, didn't if you weren't really plugging into that, quote, next gen scene yet. Yeah. But certainly Turbo Graphics has been lost to the ages as well. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Final Fight. Um, okay. Uh, and, uh, you know what? I always played it in the arcade. Yeah, because, again, seven games. <laughs> yeah, always played it. I, I thought that one was fun. It was impressive. Side-scrolling beat-em-ups, sure. Sure. Um, I feel like Final Fight has basically been absorbed by Street Fighter by this point. That's fair, because <laughs> like the your, your your modern Street Fighter is is you know constantly referencing other things in the the the, the Capcomiverse, right? And Final Fight is is chief among them. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's something that was it was a big arcade deal. I remember it, it for sure. I played no, it a lot. I certainly played it. I I know of it, but vanished. Vanished. Yeah. It and, went away. Now another one. Uh, Breath of Fire. Oh, that one I yeah, that one I'm aware of. Another that is one. an RPG series. Yes, yeah, and a, a a again that was another thing that I've heard that title a million times. I've never played it, but you would not have. No, no. it was a very Super NES 16-bit era JRPG. Yeah, which I which was my bread and butter at that time. That point in my life, little 15-year-old Tony was eating those games up. 
but I don't know. I feel like that was one of those that kind of was best left behind in that 2D sprite-based era and never really mm. needed to make the jump beyond, or I don't know, successfully did. I don't know what, what the story was behind it, but yeah, we're not still playing Breath of Fire 18 today, so I guess it didn't happen. Yeah, it, it looks like, according to his article, um, Breath of Fire 6 was a... Uh, Japan-only Windows and mobile title released in 2016. So that's fairly, that's pretty recent, but how about that? There's still, although at that point, they're probably just nostalgia mining. I was going to say, that would have been the nostalgia grab at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then there was the last globally released game in the series what came out for the PlayStation 2 in 2002. So yes, it's still, you know, been quite a while since anybody has really done anything with it. Um, aside from a mobile title that was probably complete trash. Um, uh, Ape Escape. Big Ape deal. Escape was, yeah, that was, an, that was an early PlayStation standout. Again, yeah. 3D mascot platformer. Yeah, yeah, big deal. That was deal. one of those games you held up as, this is only on the PlayStation, yep. you gotta get it, it's exclusive here. Yep, that was... A, a- played, played really cool. The first game that I remember playing uh, being really cool to play with the uh, the dual stick thing. Yep, that was the whole point. It was almost like an original like you know demo for the dual stick because Absolutely. you could, you could w- run in one direction and swing your net in the other. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was a a Sony brand that uh, they just kind of uh, you know stopped making games for. I mean, they still reference it. They still think it's cute to reference it. That goofy right. um, PlayStation Stars thing where you're supposed to. Yeah, God, yeah, it's how a do you trophy even, in there or whatever. How do you even explain what PlayStation Stars it's is? It's dumb. A, it's such it's a dumb. flop. That's all you need to know. But about you it. you can get little Ape Escape statues in that little. I may have one, and that. the two statues I have might be right. one of those. Terrible. Um, but yeah, they, they never went back to it. It just kind of vanished. It was replaced. No. It was replaced again, there, by like probably again at the time really cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, using two sticks, mind blowing. Yeah. But now, like, how do you turn, how do you keep that relevant? Yeah. When the relevancy was, oh my God, I'm using both of my thumbs. <laughs> right. How do you continue to make that fun and fresh and engaging when really it was just a silly little world and there were cute ape characters and they had little, you know, siren helmets or whatever they had? But R- yeah. really, they can't bring it back again until human beings uh, evolve to have a third thumb. Oh, there you go. And then, then we can really, really expand the Ape, ape escape averse. Um, Blow my mind again. I love it. Last one on the list, Rhythm Heaven. Yeah. Wow. How on board that? with that. That's yeah. a shame that the, here, uh, there are many, and here's, we talk a little bit about, you know, on this show, how we're, you and I at least, are kind of unnostalgic a lot of times about yeah. things if yeah. series end there's a reason it's fine we glad we had them all that kind of thing that is one that i would absolutely be interested in another rhythm heaven anytime they wanted to make the, one the timeline here was the last um new one was 2011 right and now remember new new yes <laughs> and then uh, mega mix which was the uh, greatest hits title as jonathan mm-hmm. holmes mentions it that came out on 3ds in 2015 so that's already you know almost a decade of the greatest hits title that yeah. <laughs> that came out um, Wild. and hopefully everybody got a chance to uh, you know buy it before the uh, ds eShop or the, right before the, the 3ds eShop shut down you're not playing it now um 
But uh, yeah, that, that's that's one of the ones that, you know, that, that's sort of uh, become a, uh, yeah, Nintendo's not really touching this in a while. And Nintendo, you know, they don't, they, they're they not really doing as many small scale games these days. Like when you got Box Boy or Chibi Robo and Rhythm Heaven, um, you don't really see as much of that on the, no, uh, on the Switch No, and front. I have to say that's been a disappointment for mm, me. So yeah. some of the stuff that didn't make the leap when they decided we're done with the 3DS line, and that is absolutely yeah. fine. When they had a handheld, you know, console hybrid, they didn't port the things that I really loved, those quirky little titles on the 3DS that were fun because they were portable and find new ways to give them life. My daughter was playing Style Savvy today Mm -hmm. on my 3DS. I would love a new Style Savvy. I I don't understand why there's not a Nintendogs. I don't understand why they haven't (laughs) gone back to some of these smaller scale, which you think would be relatively easy to just crap out for the switch what, what, what's what's the game coming out that we think is like style savvy for switch i forgot about oh it. yeah i forget another company was doing yes, one and we, yeah we, that was what we wrapped oh i guess we're not getting style savvy right so, you know whoever had and, and you know one. this isn't just nintendo either that is sort of backed off on there no like no. sony doesn't do as many of these and so uh, you could always find goofy stuff on the playstation 3 um there was always little professionally made really nice small scale weirdo games coming out, you know, it, like from Loco Roco all the way down to like the last guy. And, and Oh yeah. Some of that stuff. Ho- like, Oh, Ho Hokum, whatever that yes, one was. Right. Yeah. That very one. cute little game. Yeah. You don't see too many invented. of them anymore. Like they've the, the, the big name folks. And I can only say Sony Nintendo because Microsoft doesn't make games anymore, but, but, um, Sony and Nintendo really have focused on their own in-house AAA stuff, and they're they sort of just like evacuated the playing field. So your smaller games are made by other studios or made by independent developers. Um, so you don't really you don't get their flavor on that anymore. Which no, yeah, no. yeah I guess. Is there is there a series or are there any series that you would like to see get a shot to come back or that you think might be viable? to bring back in some interesting way today. I think I feel like there's probably franchises that um, I think came back, but came back and sucked. Like yeah. I, I would like to see yeah. them come back and not be bad. Like kingdom. So Hearts. If somebody could do a good job with X. I would love <laughs> like, another one. Like kingdom hearts. They, 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 they've made Oof. terrible kingdom hearts games for the past 10 years plus now. Right. Like if we could right. just they go just... back and, <laughs> and forget about all those other ones and make and make a kingdom Hearts game that was good um that'd be cool um but like some of the stuff like it's weird because like i'm playing like fatal frame again i mean it's a remaster so that that's kind of a a a franchise that i've always followed that really hasn't had a new installment since the one that came out that they debuted on the wii u which how many years ago was that now but they remastered it and then they took the Wii version that never made it out of Japan and remastered that. So like I'm getting those remasters, but yeah, it's Fatal Frame could have been on this list except for the fact that it really wasn't a, uh, you know, a name brand in the first place. That was still kind of a niche thing. Um, we're getting close to Katamari being on this list. I'll tell you that. That's true. No, you're, you're completely right. Cause when was the last brand new Katamari game? It's been a while. <laughs> they were, they were getting kind of forgettable. Well, yeah, right. That's they why they were showing up on console. They were they they were stupidly showing up on Xbox. Like nobody wanted it there. And then they do weird so, little mobile game spinoffs right, just, just to keep like the brand out alive. Little mobile games, so it kind yeah. of diluted the brand. But 
it was one of those series that probably would have benefited from going away after maybe me and my Katamari or something and not being seen again and then having a big fun return in some way, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years later. I, I think the big fun return has just been these remasters. Yeah, because... That's all we're getting. We're not going to get <laughs> Katamari 4 or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. They're not going to do that. Right. They, why? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about stuff that even in that era, right? We're not talking about necessarily Atari, but like of the PS2 era being just not viable. Eh. You know, it's too old now. Let's not go back. Yeah. and. I think that's why we get to the place where I'm not, there's always something new to play. Yeah. And as much yeah. as I'm here, like, you know, if we think about a list of games that we might be interested, I think what we're doing is just plucking our own nostalgia strings. Right. Mm-hmm. So a game that I remember from the early PlayStation days was jumping flash. Right. It was neat at the time. You had this flea robot. It had a weird sense of humor. It jumped really high and you shifted your perspective and looked down to try to land on stuff. You were literally just jumping and landing on platforms. Right. Yeah, I don't see a way for that to come back, but I remember it really fondly. I don't think I need a new one. Yeah, and I I go back further. Like I like a game I remember loving as a kid was like uh, I played a lot of platformers because that was what was around. Rocking cats, mm. rocking cats could come back with funky cat characters and fun music and over the top writing and explosions and cool cat tech. Uh, they could in, totally in, do it. Instead, they keep trying to make people care about um, Battletoads and Earthworm Jim. And we shan't because <laughs> they're bad. But that one, that one in the right hands, in loving hands, could probably come back and be something really kitschy and fun in a way that a lot of games are not kitschy and fun right now, which is probably why nobody cares. There are a lot of cat-themed video games. Did you notice that last Nintendo Direct had like three or four cat-themed games? It was, yeah, people it was really into cats. It was a big day for cats on, on cats the last Cats never really world. go out of style, to be fair. Big, big, big day for cats on that. Uh, and you know what? I, I have to name-check Chrono Trigger. Mm. If there was a new Chrono, I would definitely perk up and pay attention because... The first one is one of the best games ever made. The second one was gorgeous. I played it. The story didn't have as much impact, but it was really big and beautiful at the time. Great score. Interesting. I I would give another one a look, but if it never happens, it never happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nope. I think we're, we're, we're all right on that. Another one that always comes up for me is the Deception series. Like right for a couple years in a row, there was you could rely on a deception game showing up, and we haven't in a while. <laughs> so <laughs> eh, it's all right. It's all right. And sometimes it's interesting to think about which ones make it. Right, mm. we're always just assuming that another Grand Theft Auto is coming until the end of time. <laughs> but if- that didn't have to happen. There's a timeline where those ugly little 2D top-down games didn't become a new thing. You know. Yeah, and, so. and, and what if they do never do another Grand Theft Auto and just keep Grand Theft Auto Five online going? They could do that the, and, the and ruin the, the franchise and be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's but yeah, I mean we're still getting Final Fantasy. We will forever. Yeah, I guess you know, and I, Nintendo's franchises are just on loop. Mostly, I mean, I would I I've said before I would love another Kid Icarus because Uprising was so good, or at least a remaster of that, but. I don't think that's happening. So I think that was the big return. Yes. We got a refresh and it was actually pretty fun. But 
Yeah, like, like, like you maybe said, we're that, lucky we got that one. That is funny <laughs> yeah. to think about the ones where okay, they did come back, and then eventually nobody cared again. You know, like, like yeah. Kid Icarus yeah, or Pokemon lapsed, Snap. Right? Pokemon was that, like Snap. 2013 or something. <laughs> Icarus Uprising happened. Yeah, and nobody's cared since. Pokemon Snap. People couldn't stop begging for a new Snap oh, game. Oh, never shut up. And then they Nintendo got one, and nobody cared. I think uh, it, what's interesting <laughs> is because that was Pokemon Snap was N64 stuff, right? Yeah. So. Kids who grew up with the 3DS, there may be another round. Very funny of like if you ended up if for some reason as a kid you loved the Kid Icarus Uprising. Yeah, there so would be goes. another round of nostalgia for Kid Icarus, but that's your Kid Icarus. Yeah, and how funny is that? Yep. So it goes. Ah, uh, the cycle. That's how time goes. Wow, it goes forward. Amazing. Uh huh. On loop well, forever. enough navel-gazing. Why don't we give away a free game? Let's give away Wizard of Legend. I'm sure those are very copyrightable terms, and this game is on Steam. <laughs> Wizard of Legend. Zero V-C-X-Q-H-X-F-J-F-C-M-N-6-B for Wizard of Legend on Steam. We hope you like it. Enjoy it for free. I hope it is new and fun and excites you in exciting, fun, exciting gaming excitement ways. That's right. Uh, and now we're coming to the best segment of every single show. That's not necessarily true, but yeah. we do end every show with one last thing, and that's where we all get a chance to uh, talk about something we want to talk about, whether we like it or we hate it. Joe, do you want to start us off? Uh, I grabbed the Street Fighter Six demo. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not a big fighting game guy, but nah. I, I do have a, a, a small affinity uh, for it, and uh, it does look really good. And, man, with this one, they are really trying to appeal to me by having just a free-roaming open-world center hub single-player adventure thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. I that was kind of interesting about it. Wow, that does. And, and uh, the, the demo... Um, you know, obviously it doesn't let you see too much of it, but it gives you a little bit of a taste of it. You can make your own make your own character. You have a whole incredibly lengthy cutscene uh, sequence where you meet the Luke, the new guy that everybody hates. Um, <laughs> and, but he is like your boss at the uh, um, security agency that you've now applied to work for, or whatever. Um, and then and then it kind of lets you loose in like what is like a little Times Square, but it's the Street Fighter universe. Uh, whatever the world their city is called. Um, and, and again, like we talked about Final Fight earlier, Final Fight references everywhere because there's a big statue of Mayor Hagar. Um, <laughs> uh, everybody gets it. Everybody laughs. But you can kind of wander around this area and you can, it, it's full of people walking around, business people, hot dog vendors, kids, whatever. Um, and you can challenge any of them to a fight. They are all, they are all, you know, essentially randomly generated Street Fighter avatars yeah. that you can then fight in street fighter fashion you just challenge them to a fight and go to it the camera camera angle changes and everybody's everybody's street fighting um so it's really That's funny like here's, pretty cool. here, here's a just a businesswoman in a long coat yep we're gonna fight her here here's the guy standing outside the hot dog truck yep we're gonna fight him and, you, and you, that's how you're gonna level up your your character and then you get little quests of oh go to this alley and talk to this person and then go here and do this and go here and go to the shop and buy something you know like man that is that is gonna get me because that's so stupid and like i have no interest in playing this online competitively with other people i'll, I'll get 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 my butt chewed it'll never happen no. I'll never no. win. Not a single match. But Not uh, intrigued at all. But this bit where you're just like, you know, open world experience point hunting, that sounds hilarious. 
And uh, the fact that it's happening in a straight-up mainline Street Fighter game instead of some weird offshoot like Street Fighter Adventures <laughs> right, is, right. is shocking to me and also pretty cool. So Street Fighter VI, the demo. Very good. Yeah, how about you? What are you doing? Uh, you know, uh, if you are a listener of this show, and I assume you are because you're hearing me right now, uh, you may know that my playdate busted. My B button broke. Boo. Uh, that's a lot of B button alliteration right there. And so I, I sent it. it back for repairs, and I got to say, the process was great and super easy. Thank you, Panic, for that. Um, sent it back, got my little return label, got my brand new one. It's got my old l- l- special, you know, limited edition uh, special license plate number so i'm still 11650 there's just a little uh r next to it for <laughs> really for, uh, that's return. so yep. funny that's yep. so funny they didn't just Makes straight up give you a new one off the assembly line no because they know my number matters oh that's so funny they're very cute and i love them they yeah are. it was a really easy process i got it back really quickly the whole thing from start to finish was maybe two weeks tops and uh i and so then getting it back I had already taken my data off of the old one right? in anticipation and backed it up on my computer. And um, so new one shows up. You boot, you boot your play date. It starts like a brand bloody new play date. So you're looking at what was that, that surfing game, whatever the first week's game yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, showing yeah. up in, is. Yeah. So you put that, you, you plug it into your laptop. You go to the you know, play.date and... You can go through your settings on there and decide which week of season you want your play date to think it's on. Oh, okay. I was wondering. Yeah. Cool. So you can skip right to end of season, which I did. Yeah. And then you go to your side load page and yeah. boop, everything you've ever bought or downloaded, free or otherwise, is still saved there on your account. Redownload all the games you want on there. And then I plopped my data back on. It took a little bit because the little baby had to crank a couple of gigs of games and data back onto it. But once it was there, everything was bloody seamless. All of my progress and everything. Bloom had new content, which is what, again, inspired me to open (laughs) the play date and begin this process. (laughs) I'm playing new Bloom. I'm excited. There's new stuff. I'm getting new text messages, and I love it. They have done so much right as far as, like the structure of this little device. Like the fact is, that all of your stuff is just right there and you go to a website and click a button and it's all there again. It is like, painless. I yeah. love that it's just central. Like my, my account matters. It makes the process easier yeah. to have one. Yeah. I love that. It is very user focused on that. It is. And I've been listening to their podcast too. They have a Playdate podcast and I've been digging that. It's little developer stories about all the free games from season one and a couple special episodes where all the developers, including our buddies from Sweet Baby, talk about why they love making games, what made them fall in love with gaming. Just a really fun, gentle, enjoyable listen, talking about people nerding out about making games for a weird little console, um, all the way up to, like, you know, Keita Takahashi and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. pretty neat. And a cool series of people to uh, to bring on, and I, I enjoyed hearing all their perspectives on working on games in general, but then working on making standout games for this weird little device, which I absolutely love, and I'm really glad to have back. So, And that's it. That's, that's what we got. It. That is 484. Until next time, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Say hi at rest.tv slash discord. Follow you like the worst stuff on Facebook, or find us on Twitter at the worst podcast. You can support the show at patreon.com slash worst stuff. And thank you if you do. Music provided by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. Until next time, game over.
Oh, you know what long forgotten game I think should come back? What's that? Halo. You like the worst stuff.